Praise God for his blessings. You may be seated this morning. If you got your Bibles today, uh, go with me to the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. Uh, Lamentations, chapter 3. Be reading a couple of verses there. Lamentations uh, was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And of course, we know uh, from our study that. Uh, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Now, if you do a study on Jeremiah's life, you see it was a portrait of sadness and of deep depression. Just a little uh, notes on Jeremiah. First and foremost, he received an unwanted call to minister. When God called him to minister, he said, I can't. I'm just a, I'm just a youth. I can't go. I can't not do this. Also, he was called to preach nothing but judgment. Now, think about that. When they seen him coming, they said, oh, my goodness, here comes another message of judgment on us. Also, he was forbidden to marry. Now, some people may say, well, that's not depressing. That may be. But anyway, he was forbidden to marry. He was forbidden to marry. And so he was familiar with loneliness. He was a man of deep sorrow and he wept openly about the people's sins. He endured depression also as a result of his message that went unheeded for so long. Can you imagine preaching over and over and over again and people not responding? And as a matter of fact, he got to the point in his life where he said, Lord, he said, I'm not even going to speak his name again. That's pretty bad when you get to that point where you say, I won't, I won't even speak. This message again, he was imprisoned because of his message. But despite of all the depression, despite of all the doom that Jeremiah went through, through those situations, he got a deep grasp on who God really is. And if you look at verses 21 through 23, the very familiar passage of Scripture We've looked at this time and time again. Let's look at what Jeremiah says. Because things change from chapter 1, 2, and 3 when it's nothing but doom, gloom, and despair. To all of a sudden, things begin to change. And we see this in verse 21. He says, this I call to my mind, therefore I have hope. So despite of all the agony... Despite of all the sorrow, despite of all the pain, Jeremiah says, I still have hope. And then he says this, verse 22, the Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. He says they are new every morning, and look at this. He says, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Despite everything that Jeremiah had endured, everything he had experienced, whether things went well in his life, whether things seemed like they were coming all together, or whether it seemed like everything was falling all apart, Jeremiah knew, had come to experience 
that God would still be God and that God would be eternally faithful. And let me tell you something. As we wrap up this year of 2020, this last Sunday, we've made it to day 362 of 366. And the only reason why we've made it this far is not because we were strong enough, not because we were necessarily good enough. It's simply because of God's mercy and grace that we're here today. It's simply because that God is eternally faithful. And I want us to look at this this morning as simply this. As I look back over this year, guess what? God has been faithful. He has been faithful. Through all the sickness, through all the social unrest, through all the political unrest, through the good times and bad times, through all the disappointments, he's been faithful. And I want to look at how he's been faithful because when we think about those words, he's been faithful, what does it mean when we say that God has been faithful? If you look up the word faithful in the dictionary, you see that it describes someone who is true, someone who is trustworthy in the performance of duty, someone who fulfills promises or obligations, someone who is worthy of belief and confidence. And I'm not saying that God has answered every prayer the way we want it to be answered. I'm not saying that he's done everything I've wanted him to do. I'm not saying I haven't been maybe a little disappointed and in, 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 in things didn't work out my way. But I will say this, that through it all, he has been faithful and he will remain faithful to me. Amen. See, the scriptures declare God as being faithful. Deuteronomy 7, chapter 7, verse 9 says this. says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. The psalmist says in Psalms 33 and 4, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. Psalms 119.90 says, Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9, simply this, God is faithful. And I'm here to tell you, God is still faithful today, amen. In what ways has he been faithful? First and foremost, he's been faithful in who he is. In other words, he's been faithful in his character. See, if we could go into a time machine and go back to, I don't even know, maybe December 27th, maybe that was last, or December 29th last year, and get a glimpse of what this would be like, we probably wouldn't have believed it. Because we've seen things change that we never thought could change like that. We've seen a lot of things change. We've seen people change. 
I've noticed this past week coming off Christmas, even though it was Christmas, it was different. It was just different. It changed. But even though all these things are constantly changing, guess what? God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Malachi 3 and 6, the scriptures declare, for God says this, for I, the Lord, do not change. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights. Look what he says here, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 13 and 8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In a world that we live that is constantly changing, guess what? God is someone who does not change. He is always who he said he would be, and he will always be who he said he will be. As a matter of fact, the apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, listen, if we are faithless, I mean those people are many times faithless. In other words, they're not the same. It just depends on when you catch them. They may be in a good mood one day, and you may see them the next day, and they may be like a totally different person. Why? Because they change. But Paul says, listen, even though we as humans change, guess what? He remains faithful. He remains true. Why? For he cannot deny himself. He cannot be something that he is not. God is always the same. He will be faithful in 21 should the Lord tarry. He'll be faithful 10 years from now in who he is. He will always be faithful. Things may change. People may change, but God never changes. He will always be faithful in his character. He will always be faithful in who he is. Now, the second thing he's been faithful is he's been faithful in his promises. He's been faithful in his promises. See, we live in a world of broken promises, but God never breaks a promise. See, but you also got to understand this, that there are types of promises in God's word, okay? There's what we would call conditional promises. There's also unconditional promises. There's also universal promises. And there's also personal promises, okay? So a conditional promise would be this, where God's word says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. It's like when God told Solomon after he built the temple, he said, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then he said, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That's conditional. If you'll do this, then I will do that. But there's also a universal promises in the Bible. One would be simply this, when the Bible says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's for everyone. You understand that? But there's also personal promises. 
In other words, a personal promise would be a promise that is given to an individual. Now, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'll use this. If I'm having a conversation with my kids and I promise them that I'm going to do something for them, you can't overhear that and say, I claim that for me. You're going to do that for me. That's a personal promise that God gives certain individuals. Give you an illustration. When Joshua took over Moses, God told Joshua, he said, Joshua, every place that your sole of your feet steps on, I am going to give that to you. Now, you can't say, well, this is my promise because if we could do that, how many knows that some of us would go down to the beach and we'd just walk the beach and say, I claim this, right? Us would go up to the Smoky Mountains and say, well, I claim, this is mine right here. See, that's a personal promise that God gave Joshua at that time. Joshua, every place that your sole of your feet sets, I'm going to give you this land. It's the same thing when God promised Abram. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you with a son, and, and he's going to, uh, and through him, all the nations are going to be blessed, and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore. So that's a personal promise that God gave these individuals you understand that but then there's also what we would call these universal promises like when when Peter preached in the book of Acts when he said about the Holy Spirit in verse 39 of Acts chapter 2 he said for this promise is for you and your children and then look at this and for all which are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And so God is faithful to do what he has promised. Peter says it like this in 2 Peter 3 and 9. He said, the Lord is not slow or slack about his promise, as some count slowness or slackness, but is patient toward you, not willing that any should, should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God is faithful to keep his promises. Why? Because Hebrews 6 and 18 says that it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. And so if God says something, God is going to bring it to pass because it's impossible for him to lie. That's the why we need to hold fast to the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised it, he is faithful. Amen. He's been faithful to keep his promises. You see this in Scripture. If you look at Joshua chapter 1, as I mentioned earlier, when Joshua received God's word and God said, I'll be with you. I'm going to give you success. You do this. I'm going to do this. And if you look in Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, as Joshua's about to go the way of the earth, look what Joshua says. He says, today... 
I am going the way of all the earth, and you know in all your hearts and all your soul. Now look what he says here. That not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. And so Joshua, as he looked back over his life, he says, every promise God gave me, he brought every single one of those things to pass. And let me tell you something. In 2020, in 2021, every promise that he has given us, he will bring it to pass Amen, hallelujah. One of the greatest promises he gave us when he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That is his word, and you can take it to the bank. Not one word of his precious promises have failed, and they will not fail because God is faithful in who he is, and he's faithful in what he has said. But he's also been faithful to us in times of trouble, times of testing, and in times of temptation. Psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in times of trouble. And he's been with us. And I know now, it's, I was calling somebody or somebody had called me this week and they were saying you sure must be busy right now and I said well I really can't do anything if it was last year I'd be going I'd be wearing out the roads to the hospitals but you just can't go in there they won't let you in there I don't know why some people think because you got a preacher card, you can sell your preacher card and they'll let you go anywhere you want to do and do what you want to do. It don't work that way. They'll still throw you out just as sure they will somebody else out. But even though there's people that are family members, church members, they're in that hospital room right now, and it may seem like they're all alone. They're not. Because God is their refuge. He's their strength. No hospital can keep God's spirit out of a room. Amen. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. When John was exiled to the island of Patmos, he wasn't all alone. God was with him. When Jeremiah was thrown in that pit for preaching, he wasn't all alone because God was with them. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into a fiery furnace, they weren't all alone for God was with them. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, he wasn't all alone. God was with them. And let me tell you something. The same God that was with them through their trials, through their tribulations, through their temptations, he's the same God that is with us today. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He is God with us. He's God in us. Wherever we go, he's there with us. Praise 
praise be to God. He is, is faithful in times of testing, in times of trouble, in times of trials. God is still faithful to us. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has taken you, but such is the common to man. But, there it is again, God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. I'm here to tell you today that God is still faithful in who he is. God is still faithful to keep his promises. God is still faithful in times of trouble, in times of temptation, in times of testing. He is still faithful. Amen. He's still faithful. Next. He's also faithful in his love and kindness and compassions. Go to verse 22 of Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah says, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. For his compassions never fail. What is loving kindness? Loving kindness is the same word that we would understand as mercy. It's the Hebrew word has said. It is God's love, God's grace, God's mercy, God's faithfulness, God's goodness, and God's devotion. You can basically sum it to the, sum it down to this, it is God's love and God's grace. See, Jeremiah understood that they were in a situation they didn't want to be in. They were in captivity. Things weren't like they used to be. But as Jeremiah looked back over his life and over the life of God's people, he realized it was simply God's mercy and grace that got his people out of Egypt. It was God's mercy and grace that got them across the Red Sea. It was God's mercy and grace that got them through the wilderness. It was God's mercy and grace that allowed them to go into the promised land. It was God's mercy and grace that was going to bring them out of captivity. And you know what? It's God's mercy and grace, as I said earlier, as the reason why we are here today is because of God's mercy. It's because of God's grace. His grace is what saved us. His grace is what keeps us. His grace is what's going to see us through. It's God's mercy. It's God's grace. And, and, and the writer Jeremiah says, it never ceases. Think about it. His mercy and grace is what's brought us through this year. It's God's mercy and grace is what's going to keep us next year. Like the old song says, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far, and His grace is going to lead me home. 
And so Jeremiah says, guess what? I may be in a situation I don't like, wish it would change. But guess what? God's mercies, God's loving kindness, they never cease. And then he says this, for his compassions never fail. Now, what is the difference in loving kindness and compassion? Well, compassion is simply this. It means to be moved in the heart out of love for another. It can be described as the love a mother has for a child. It also means to feel another person's pain so deeply that you are moved to do something about it. See, I thank God that I have a great high priest in Jesus Christ, guess what, who sympathizes with my weaknesses. In other words, he knows what I'm going through. He's been there, and guess what? He has the desire to help us in time of our need. You ever try to ask somebody for help, and they were, they were not compassionate? They were like, well, you deserve that. You're getting what you deserve. You're reaping what you're sowing. Well, guess what? I thank God that I have a high priest right now that I can go to his throne and I can find mercy and grace to help me in time of need. And when I go to him, he doesn't say, I told you to do that. You remember when Jesus was about to go away and he begins to tell the disciples, listen, I'm about to go away and you're all going to deny me. And old brother Peter, know-it-all Peter, says, Lord, if everybody forsakes you, I never will. And I imagine Jesus just probably chuckled on the inside. And he said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny that you even know me. But you know what? If you ever read in John 13, at the end when he says that, and let, let, let me just go there because I don't have this up there, but let me just go there. At the end of John 13, in verse 38, when Peter says, I'll lay down my life for you, Jesus said, oh, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly I say unto you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. And then I, you got to understand this. When the Bible was written, John didn't say chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. No, it's one long letter. And what is the very next verse? Put it up there. Do not let your heart be troubled. You're going to deny me, Peter. I know you're not perfect. I know what you're going to do, but don't let your heart be troubled. See, the reason why some of us are disappointed is because we put our trust in a man or we put our trust in ourselves, and we will always falter under that standard. But you got to put your trust in God, put your trust in his faithfulness, put your trust in his power, put your trust in him, Put your faith and trust in him because he is faithful to us. Amen. And his compassions never fail. See, 
1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. The Apostle Paul writes here, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he says in verse 24. He says, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. He called you. And if he called you, he will bring it to pass. Why? Because he is faithful. He's faithful. And I determine through all this we've been through that I'm going to end this year, this Sunday, thanking God for his faithfulness. Thanking God for his mercy and grace. Oh, I haven't gotten everything I wanted this year. I haven't gotten the prayers answered the way I wanted them to this year. But you know what? He's still been faithful. Because as a child of God, you got to realize this. God does everything for your good and for his glory, okay? Not for your comfort in his glory, not for your ease of life in his glory, but for your good and for his glory. And listen, every single one of us, you remember being raised in a home, and you would ask your parents for something, and they were like, they don't really need that because if I give them that, they're going to do something dumb, right? Find themselves in trouble. And we're the same way. A lot of times we go to the Father and we're like, God, I need this. And God says, you don't need that. This is what you really need because this is going to keep you depending upon me because we as humans, for some reason, when things are going well, we don't pray as much. We don't depend as much and so God has to take us through trials and troubles and valleys because it's through those things that keeps us closer to him and keeps us depending upon him. And so faithful is he. Now let's go back and end this in Lamentation. Go back to our text. Verse 24 of Lamentation chapter 3. Look what he says here. This is kind of unusual scripture. Because he's talking about God's mercies, God's compassions, they never fail. And then he says, great is your faithfulness. And then he says this. He says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Now, what is he referencing here when he says, the Lord is my portion. If you go back to the book of Numbers, when God was kind of distributing out the land when they came into the promised land, in Numbers chapter 18, God said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, 
nor any portion among them. He said, I am your portion and your inheritance among the sons of Israel. And so as God is kind of dividing the land up before they get into the promised land, he goes to Aaron and the priest, and he says, listen, we're not giving you any land. Now to natural people who only think about natural things, temporary things, we would say, well, they got a raw deal. They need some land. They need some money. But you know what? That land eventually was lost. That inheritance was eventually lost. But what God is telling Aaron and them is, I'm your portion. I am your inheritance. And you know what? He doesn't change. He doesn't decrease. He doesn't go down in value. He is high above all. He is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, and he doesn't change. And so what he's saying there is, Jeremiah said, listen, God is my portion, and I can be in a foreign land and in captivity, but you know what? I, it cannot affect my, 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 my being, my standing, because God is my sustenance. He is my portion, and he never changes. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 73 and 26, My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, and he is my portion forever. If you've got God, if you're saved today, guess what? You are blessed beyond all measure, amen. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. The physical things, they'll change. The physical things, they'll rot, they'll decay. But the spiritual blessings, they never fade. They never change. And if you've got God, you've got a reason to praise him, amen. Then come on, be playing. He says this in verse 25 and 26 of Lamentations. He said, the Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the person who seeks him. Then he says this, it is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I'm just like you. Boy, I've had some of the biggest pity parties we've ever seen these last few months. Frustrated. Discouraged. Fighting discouragement, fear. Worry, anxiety, all of those things. And if we're not careful, we can start murmuring and start complaining. It's easy to do that, isn't it? But Jeremiah says, you know what I'm going to do? When my lips want to lash out and say, why? How can this be? Why don't you do something and do something now? He said, you know what I'm going to do? Come on. 
Just wait quietly for the God of my salvation. And I'm going to praise him because he's still the same. I'm going to praise him because he is faithful to keep his promises. I'm going to praise him because when I go through the valley of the shadow of death or when I go through the fiery furnace, he's going to be with me. I'm going to praise him because you know what happened when I woke up this morning in the spiritual sense? There wasn't a fresh cup of coffee brewing because I don't drink coffee. I'm not old enough yet. There wasn't bacon and eggs brewing or cooking in the kitchen. But in the spiritual sense, I smelled a new batch of God's loving kindness and God's mercies and God's grace on my life. And you know what? He's going to give me enough mercy and grace to get through the day. And about 11.59 p.m., if I'm tossing and turning in bed and thinking I can't make it anymore, oh, just wait another minute. A new morning's coming. And there's going to be fresh mercy. There's going to be fresh loving kindness. There's going to be fresh strength, fresh grace to make it day by day. And I thank God for it. Can we stand?